Okay, welcome back to Quarantine Reviews for first-time listeners. My name is Jamie. I'm Thelonious. And we have been watching a movie every single day of this COVID-19 quarantine and giving you some recommendations, reviews on the different films we've watched. And this week, we've got a new set of movies on this video. Again, we cover seven per podcast, so let's uh, go ahead and get into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the first movie that we were watching this week was Tusk. No, 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 no. Goodfellas. Oh, so we're just going to... Oh, wait. Play, right? Tusk is on this one? Yes, sir. This is Tusk. Oh, yeah. Tusk is... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tusk was Sunday. So, yeah, so we, we did watch it a little bit out of order. Um, That's right. If you got one of our pictures or you saw, we sent it to you of the movie board. We originally had Moonlight on due to some unfortunate circumstances, aka just getting drunk all day. We did not watch <laughs> Moonlight, and so we replaced it with Tusk. Um, so, Tusk is the first movie of week two. This one was really weird. Um, there's a background story to it that they really explain towards the end of the movie, which is, or during the credits, it's Kevin Smith on his podcast, and he kind of starts making a story up with his friend, and then they decided to make it a movie, which is pretty fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But it's about a man turning other men into walruses. And and first of all, let's just go ahead and give a spoiler warning out to everybody. Because these movies have mostly been out for a while. And I just want to get you a little bit prepared. So, um... And we have very little sympathy for people who get pissed off by spoilers. But with that said, we're still going to keep it minimal. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's a quarantine time, so watch these fucking movies. Exactly. No excuses. Uh, no more excuses. So, yeah, this man turns other men to walruses because he has a love for a walrus that saved him. It's a really weird idea. Yeah, he was, he was traumatized as a, as a kid, and then... As a kid or as, like, a sailor? No, remember, he was, uh, like, violated by pedos and shit like that. And then later on, he was saved by the walrus, so he has some weird pedo uh walrus complex mm-hmm. you know the one everybody's familiar with <laughs> but <laughs> the it, most common one justin yeah. long so it follows justin long in the beginning he's a podcaster yes. and it, it trails mm-hmm. him into finding like a kid that went viral and he ends up right. being an audible as far as um uh, content for his podcast and so he runs into this man with the walrus complex absolutely yeah and the whole movie is shot like a human centipede type movie where this man you know he he gets drugged and you know I I, instead of like going further into the what the movie's about I'll just jump right into like what I thought of it because I thought it was very weird it was unsettling at times uh it's definitely a comedy you really hate the 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 side characters as well at least I did um and I'm gonna count Justin Long as a side character because I think the main character was the the man turning people into walrus because it was mostly his story well that's what it felt like to me so i didn't like justin long i didn't like joel osment um that's his name right osment no it's not Haley joel osment oh yeah you got your friend Haley. 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 yeah uh i hate the girlfriend that's in it johnny depp i actually did like but you know it it was just so ridiculous and over the top so 
you know, the, I, I didn't have many characters to like in that film, but I think they did a good job of telling the story. And I love the, that they explained where the story came from at the end. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a 6.4 because, you know, I think it could have been better, but it's definitely better than I thought it was going to be. See, for me, this was as good as it gets for a movie about a man who surgically changes another man into a walrus. Mm -hmm. I don't think you could you could really make a movie with that uh, tagline quite as well as they did. The whole thing is ridiculous, and yeah, it does have the kind of grotesque parallels to like teeth or something else where they hit you with this uh, really gross reality. But with that said, it shouldn't be in those... Uh, that conversation of those movies because this one's a little bit better produced um, And yeah, Johnny Depp comes in out of nowhere, and I actually really did not like this character I thought it was really overdone. It reminded me of NPH playing Count Olaf where you're like I can't tell if you're trying to be silly for kids or if you're Actually a serious villain or whatever or whatever the role he, he was trying to accomplish. I just I wasn't very into it uh, Shockingly good dialogue at times especially in the beginning uh, Justin Long and, and the older guy. I'm not sure what that actor's name, but he's he's. I believe he was the same guy who was in Get Out and played the dad. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Wrong, I, think, I think you're right. Feel, I feel it was like good. Pretty, he, pretty familiar. Yeah, he was those good two were it. good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at at its best, uh, shockingly good dialogue. At at its worst, hard hard to watch. O overall, I enjoyed it. This is going to be a six point one for me. Right. And this movie was, I, I do want to, you know, give a shout out to people who recommended a movie to us. This one was um, recommended to us by our friend Kayla. So thank you, Kayla, for introducing this one to our lives. Um, so moving on, now we have the best movie of all time. Oh, I'm sorry. We actually have the second best movie of all time. <laughs> uh, we, we had some heavy hitters this week. Uh, so on Monday, we watched Goodfellas. And Goodfellas is, if you're not into Italian mobster or American Italian mobster movies, you probably wouldn't like it. But if you are into that genre, Martin Scorsese scores again. You know, he is a fantastic director. He really came through on this one. It was very long, but it felt very fast-paced. Um, you know, if you're playing on your phone or something, you might miss something very important. But, um, you know, everyone gave... Um, a great there, there's just so much like great dialogue that you want to pay attention to like between um what's his face um henry hill uh he's you know fuck you pay me a classic dialogue classic scene tommy um what like uh the fuck am i so funny for or mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that was classic. funny how funny how um yeah like every character was important to the storyline i really like this movie a lot I'm giving me a 9.2, and you know what? I love how it stays relative today. Like, for some reason, I saw this trending, um, Karen, calling people Karen or white mom's Karen yeah. is less slang or offensive or something. Yeah, shit. slander. Slander. And then <laughs> people were using this movie as, like, the slander lord for Karen's. Because that's his wife's name is Karen. Oh, He's just like, Karen, Karen. Isn't, you know what? I don't know why, but I love that it just can continue on. Like, in that movie, too, they use a lot of um, slurs to, like, a lot of different races in it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was funny that, you know, in today's age, yeah. you can still fucking 
grab some shit that Martin Scorsese put in there. Right. You know? Yeah, I love the role of that uh, Karen, though, because she did approach... So, so this movie, it, it, it sucks you into the mob life and the family and the, the friendships, and Karen comes in as an outsider, as a Jewish woman, and she kind of clashes culturally with the Italians, mm -hmm. and she actually looks at it from a pretty critical standpoint. So I think... Even though her name is Karen, she decides she's, she's not exactly no. uh, matches up with the social media archetype that everybody's pushing. No, um, she was a very strong performance in that yes, as well, and exactly a strong character. Yeah, so I was expect. So this is my first time watching it. This was your at least second, right? Oh my god, I probably watched maybe like ten. Okay, times. okay. So yeah. you, you've seen it. This is my first time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was kind of expecting a hardcore mob film. However, I was pleasantly surprised to see it uh, focused on sort of the relations, communications. Uh, the camaraderie hmm. between everybody. Um, One big giant mobster family. Yeah, and it, it goes through just the story of uh, the main character's life, Ray, Ray Liotta's character. And you, you learn the ins and outs, and it sucks you into the good nature of, of the family side of it. And then by the end of it, you're reminded that all these people are morally corrupt. There's hmm. inevitable bad things that happen to each character. Nobody's safe from it, and... Uh, yeah, it was fantastic acting all around. Uh, only Oscar they won. Uh, Joe uh, Pesci got Best Supporting Actor. Um, but yeah, over overall, it was very well done and accomplished exactly what Scorsese w was looking to do. Um, nothing too crazy, nothing too hardcore, nothing too edgy. Nothing too crazy? What about the Kid gets shot in the foot, whatever. Yeah, I'm going, like, that, that's... I think compared like, to other okay, mob yeah. movies, so maybe not compared to, but I mean, like the the character himself, Joe Pesci, his character was just crazy in general. He was, yeah, yeah, he, and he, he was a lot of crazy, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I, what do you mean by like crazy moments? Like uh, any scenes that stand out from other movies that are crazy, so I can have something to compare it to. You know, I, I need to come up with something off the off the top of my head. L let me think about it th through the pod. But mm. I, I just, I, it, it wasn't. It felt safe. You know, the whole time you're kind yeah. of, and especially it ended safe too with Ray Liotta going to just suburbia mm. and just being being away from from the scene. Yeah, um, and he was a very upset about that. Yeah, uh, so fantastic movie. Um, just not 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 life changing in any way. Not that every film has to be, but it just yeah. it, it didn't it didn't move me too much. Um, but this yeah, this is going to be a uh, seven point nine for me. Okay, so Goodfellas, and then we move to Shawshank Redemption. Now, this was my, it's got to be third or fourth time seeing this movie. This came out around uh, 93, 94, I believe, and was nominated for seven Oscars, but believe it or not, won zero. That it was a uh, competitive year, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Legends of the Fall, other other movies were coming out, but still a very debatable one. That, that'd be a fun Oscars year to revisit and see how it stands up. Um, so also another interesting thing that I didn't realize till this time around, Stephen King wrote, it's based on his book and his script. So, I mean, what, what can that guy not do? Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, let me get through this. So. It's an all-time classic. It follows a man wrongly convicted of murder, and he goes through the prison scene in the 
fifties. Uh, yeah, fifties throughout the eighties or nineties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, all, all time classic, and it it does have a good general appeal. There's a reason why a lot of people consider this a great film, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, Tim Robbins' character Andy Dufresne and Morgan Freeman's character Red. Both of these two characters are so likable. Andy is very honest. His story, behavior, actions are all relatable, and you can rely on him. He's He never doubles back on, on his word. He's never 100% broken, no matter how hard things get. Mm -hmm. He's wrongly convicted after seeing his wife uh, cheat on him with, with another man, and he still is, is, is not completely down in the dumps. And then Red is, is very comforting in nature, and his role kind of... It, Physically and, and metaphorically, because he he gets things for Andy. It's comforting mm -hmm. that he can help Andy. So he's that source of uh, he's a, a helpful um, icon for Andy, and he provides shelter when Andy's in trouble. So these characters, plus a brilliant story, um, still again, like I still feel like nothing like super duper hardcore, which is why it's mm -hmm. it's, it's got good general appeal. Uh, this is going to be an 8.8 .8 for me. Yeah, it, it really didn't have a hardcore appeal to it that I thought it was going to have. And, you know, you we were, we were talking about Oscars nominations and people winning and stuff. And you did mention that, you know, um, the one reason Kill Bill never got to be nominated was because it was too hardcore for the... Or too violent yeah, for... Yeah, too violent. Yeah, and you know, um, too violent for the nominees or Oscar, the Academy, or whatever. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. And so, Shawshank itself, it I can see why it was nominated. But, you know, it, it did to me, now that I think about it, I still put it up there in the top three movies that year. Um, it Forrest Gump, I believe, won that year. And Correct. then Pulp Fiction was nominated as well. Yes. Yeah. So... I, I do believe that I would keep it with Forrest Gump. Um, it's a fantastic film from start to finish. Um, Morgan Freeman did a fantastic job in it. I liked his character a little bit more than Andy Dufresne or Tim Robbins. But, you know, it's it's him getting out, so it's like his movie where mm -hmm. I thought it should have been uh, Morgan Freeman as the lead character. What do you mean? So, like, you know, you kind of see it through his lens, you know? He's narrating it. Yeah. So from his perspective. Yeah. So, like, that's why I think it's definitely, like, his movie. Um, you know, he, he's he's there telling the story of Andy Dufresne. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just think, like, it should have been his movie, but... What do you mean, his movie? He's telling the story it's about... like, because he's not the lead, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they that's what I meant. Because, like, you know, when people say, like, the lead... I don't know, maybe I'm focusing too much on the Academy Award aspect of it. But I just think that he should have been nominated for, um, I think he carried the movie. Yeah, that, which is why sometimes a supporting mm. actor will be nominated or, or will win an award while mm. the lead doesn't get, doesn't get anything. Right. But still, he's on the screen less, he has less lines, mm -hmm. he's just not as, a, a lead just, is no know, person that's objectively has, first. yeah, has more um, content to drive. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more that's more of like a to me is like a kind of role position thing mm -hmm. where you can still carry a movie and be less on it right so um, like that that aside like I still think like uh, like I do understand like what that means 
but I, I still think like I would call Morgan Freeman the lead guy on it. Um, but moving on from that, you know, uh, I, th- I think it was pretty interesting because it wasn't hardcore, but you kind of see like the hardcoreness of prison, but like in a soft tone, because mm-hmm. like they did, they didn't exclude like rape scenes. Like you know, sometimes you take a beating, sometimes you you fight back. You know? Yeah, and there's that a little thing, inference was, mm-hmm. for like, okay, some bad things happened, but yeah, for prison, it was it was super soft. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, um, you know, I don't, is it? Do you think it's real that somebody can get you anything that you want in there? I don't know. I had never been and never been in the in the fifties, but uh, no. you know, let's. I'll take their word. I mean, and they were buying out guards and yeah. stuff, and I'm guarantee that it's kind of shit happens. Or shit like happens, and especially happened mm-hmm. back then. So it's based off a it's, true story, right? I don't know. I mean, Stephen King wrote it, so I don't know if he wrote it based on a true story or not. But I, I don't, I don't think it was. Maybe tr- inspired by true events. But mm-hmm. well, if it if, if it was, and you know, I I hope it kind of did show like a lot of the flaws that we actually do have with the prison system. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, shout out to Andrew Friend for being able to fight so hard to get what he wanted. Oh, yeah. But then he has to go through all these different loops and makes it harder for him to to survive in there and you know especially if he is an innocent man Mm -hmm. which it sound like he was then he's going through all this suffering without any help from you know the outside so not they don't people in prison i don't think need to live a comfortable life but they need to be rehabilitated and it's something that's being deprived of them in Mm -hmm. american jails and yeah i think this one was a really good film to show something like that Mm -hmm. so um, I, I think it was well done. I think it was well written, um, well produced, well acted. So I'm giving this a 9.0. Nice. And cool. this is my first time ever watching this film. It, it, it fucking blew me away, you know? Yeah. If, if Shawshank is one of those films, if you've never seen it, that just needs to be added automatically, like without thought. You just need to get it, get it out of the way, watch it, and experience it for yourself. Um, so moving on to Wednesday... We watched Swingers, and this is a, a classic early 90s, maybe late 80s, I can't remember, um, comedy, and it's basically a, a case study look at LA entertainment industry workers, I would say, because they're all, the characters are all living in LA, pursuing different Hollywood Mm. dreams, but they're sort of offshoots of producers. They're not quite any top dog. They're not even, you couldn't even consider them celebrities. They're basically trying to get their break Mm. somewhere in uh, the the film industry on their grind. Mm. And it is written uh, and I think written and directed by by John Favreau. Yeah. And you, so clearly it's, it's made and acted by people in the industry mm-hmm. and it feels really authentic and it goes through antics that I could relate to with similar industries of kind of bantering and uh, reveling in light of the grind essentially. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that it's focusing a lot on the LA setting and culture. And of course they have the, uh, night or two in Vegas with a ton of memorable lines. It's not super story driven. It's really focused on these characters. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for that kind of start, middle, end wraparound comedy, this is not it at all. This is you're you're just going there to basically be a fly in the wall 
in, mm-hmm. in these people's lives. And I th- something that it, Swingers accomplishes really well that I don't think it gives gets credit for is it shows how men are equally, if not just as neurotic as women, especially when it comes to relationships and dating. Um, so it's kind of a a guy story in that sense because it actually has good content of how men have feelings that they have a hard time uh, coming to terms with on their own and john favreau is mm. so neurotic in it and he's like getting right. over a break breakup and he says all sorts of stupid shit and i feel like men are way too often kind of disregarded uh when it when it comes to that kind of stuff and you it, too often are like chick flicks like Oh, they're just yeah. caught up in their feelings. It's like, well, guys do it too, and it's just it looks like this sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a classic to me. Good writing, um, n- nothing too crazy. A couple bad scenes here here and there. A little little douchey, especially with the the time it, the, when it takes place. But it's honest, very, very, very douchey, but honest. But it's honest. Yeah, it's, it's honest with it. So it, I appreciate that. LA. This is a seven point one for me, and also huge shout out to Vince Vaughn. Fucking love that performance. Very, very interesting you feel that. <laughs> you say that about Vince Vaughn. You usually don't like when people repeat words too often. And he's just, baby, baby, look at all these beautiful babies. I make an exception for it, Vince. For Vince, okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's talented for sure. Um, no, 100%, I agree with you. Uh, this was a movie that was very male. I mean, it, it's, it's a male story. It's a male-driven story. Um, you're right. You don't really get to see, or it doesn't really feel like, guys um are shown that they can just be this kind of vulnerable after mm-hmm. a breakup mm-hmm. and you know they don't really know how to treat it it's not really mm-hmm. talked about and you know he's thrown into the setting john faber rose thrown in this setting mm-hmm. where all, all, everyone around him is just trying to be a part of hookup culture yeah. like it, you know women want to be treated badly so let's go or because like they're not that they want to be treated badly but they they know that they're trying to you know hook up too so yeah. why beat around the bush it, that's the only way yeah. his friends know how to console him too vince mm-hmm. is like okay you're hurt uh let's drink and have uh sex yeah with, with you know random randoms girls. Yeah. yeah and you know what maybe that's how some people can get over shit mm-hmm. but other people need a little bit of time time heals all wounds this movie definitely felt like the entourage movie of the '90s, mm-hmm. you know, and especially mm-hmm. like pre, That's a good way to put it. yeah, almost like um, pre prologue to the actual story because they were already made when they started Entourage. Yeah, and this is the, like the build up because mm-hmm. you're right, they're on their grind. Mm-hmm. I love that because right now, like living in LA, I'm seeing so many people who are just like that. Yeah, but they, you know, a lot of them don't go anywhere because that's this is their lifestyle they are partying they are trying to hook up they're trying to do drugs they're just trying to lots of distractions lots of distractions they're just trying to be like in the now being on the hip scene so um i felt like it was very real to that la lifestyle and you know i i really like the scene that stood out the most to me in this movie was the ending where he was on the um phone call with Mm -hmm. trying to get with this girl that he just met it was kind of like the moment that his ex finally called him and he was like why, why you never call well why didn't you call me and it's like man there, there's so much pride in that too you yeah know? Or like, exactly like i don't know if it's pride or if it's just like you're too scared to mm-hmm. call someone but he was finally calling a random girl for like mm-hmm. five times in a row yeah messages exactly so it's just like some there's something there that 
you know, maybe I don't really know, but people can look into and really analyze that scene. I think it was a very powerful scene, mm-hmm. um, or at least not a powerful scene, but the best scene it was for me. It had a lot embedded in it, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those times, you know, where after some sort of breakup and something clicks, and you could see it click for him, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this was actually more simple than I made it out to be, and way more simple things than have, made it out to things be. Things yeah. have changed. Yeah, you're right. That it was a beautiful ending. So yeah, for swingers, I'm definitely giving this a seven point one as well. Uh, I just think that it was, it, it, it honestly maybe I'm giving it a little bit higher too, just because um, I actually had very low expectations for it. But you know, it met everything I wanted for that style of movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I think well done, well done to John Favreau. Yeah, it, it's worth it's worth going back and watching, especially mm-hmm. if you're in the LA area. I mean, we were biased because it's, it's just kind yeah. of like exciting it, it, to watch it. hits it. a little bit more home when you're in the setting. Yeah, exactly. Know? Okay, well, let's move on to our Thursday movie. So this was Babel. And Babel is a very, very interesting film. It Complete opposite of Swingers. Yeah. Um, so this, one, this was nominated for a handful of Oscars, only won uh, Best Music, and... This, this movie follows uh, four different stories that are all very, very loosely connected. One of them is connected by a thread to the, the rest of them. But the point is not even to connect them. The point is to understand each story for its unique tragedy. I was trying to find parallels between each one of the stories. So it follows um, a deaf girl in japan mm-hmm. um brad pitt and his wife in who got the, shot the middle east yep. and then the kid who shot her in the middle east so that's three and then the um kind of like the mexican nanny, nanny yeah. who is watching over brad pitt's uh kids. kids in san diego and then also partly in mexico and so I was looking for the parallels between those four, and it seems they all generally just share tragedy. Yeah. Each one has a sense of despair, mostly revolving around a singular event that leaves them empty in, right. in some regard. And at the end of watching Babel, I just felt, what do I make of all of this? That was the first thing that entered my mind is like, when you when you watch something that is so focused on tragedy like that, you're, it's a very unforgiving uh, glimpse at a very very realistic events that happen in life across the world. Like right. none of it is far fetched. It's all very grounded uh, in in reality, and it weirdly reminded me of how I felt after watching uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, because. I don't no spoilers on it, but it, mm. it also isn't super, um, th- there's no resolution. And a lot of people were pissed off about that. And instead you're left with these feelings, some, right. some emptiness, some like, what do I make of that? So I appreciated it for that. And minimal Brad, thankfully for all of you who saw trailers back in the day, this is like 2004 or something. This is not a, a Brad Pitt heavy movie. He doesn't do any 
accents or anything like that. So, I, you know, I was worried. I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to have Brad being some sort of... Bossing sa- motherfucker. Yeah, savior yeah. that happens to be in the Middle East. I thought he was like a reporter or something. He just so happens to be on vacation. Oh, it wasn't even the Middle East. It was in Morocco. Excuse me. Yeah. And it just... There was... There's some like a terrorist uh, overtones to it, which yeah, I think it was 2006. Doesn't yeah, 2004, yeah, 2006. Some, yeah. So r- right around some the heated times of the Iraq right. War. Um, so biggest gripe was the Japanese storyline. It felt just more left field than the rest, and it just I, I, I couldn't place it as well. Um, but I, I'll, I'll leave that to the listeners to find out for themselves. And I will give uh, Babel a 7.4. Yeah. You know, that, that last storyline, the Japanese storyline, was the thinnest thread of connection to exactly. the rest. So it didn't help. It's already Yeah, there's no left field. motive for it, really. Mm-hmm. So it could have been its own movie, which, you know, I thought that was probably the most interesting one to it me. It was. But yeah, like, it could have been its own movie mm-hmm. and dig a little bit deeper into that girl. I definitely think that this was a really weird movie to make. I mean, you kind of always, I I don't know about you or anybody else, but I like to think about um, the other characters. You know, you usually just are focused on one main character and then there's a lot of people around them. So you don't get that perspective of what other people are going through. So I did like that aspect that they threw it in there where, you know, you could say that it starts with the, the parents and then it's the kids that shot him and then the um family that's left or like their maid that's mm-hmm. left in san diego mm-hmm. so I, I always like to think about that kind of thing um and they got to elaborate on it so i was i was very excited about that however it just all didn't make sense like i, I don't yeah it, you're right like they it's not outreached to have their stories as as they made them but I don't think like it's that coincidental to have so many bad things happen all at once. Get shot, get deported, or get caught. It was all re- realistic. And, no, it's all realistic. Mm-hmm. But like all these things are all like happening all at once, and it just seemed felt like that's why the story was made because they just want to show like like what can go wrong will go wrong, and so mm-hmm. and like really the only tragedy at the end was the uh, was the maid. The maid who, yeah didn't get a chance to go back home to America. Hers was the most devastating by far. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the Moroccan family was pretty devastating. That too. was very devastating. So actually, I don't know. Actually, I mean, yeah, she's alive. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I did forget about yeah. that. I mean, but I think that also kind of, like, speaks to the the way that the stories were told as well. Like, the that family, the Mexican maid, um, definitely had a lot, a lot more of an impact towards to us and to you know some of the other friends that we talked to um where that was the main it wasn't the main story but that was the one that we had most uh, most emotion to Mm -hmm. so it to me this movie was just kind of like all over the place it wasn't done as well as like crash was where everything kind of like synced together nicely you're totally right i felt very empty at the end of this movie so i i think it was a an okay movie it, it was good not bad but it was just so confusing on like why was it made mm-hmm. where i just didn't i i wouldn't really recommend this to a lot of people so um for me i'm definitely giving this a uh 7.3 because 
I think like to be fair to everyone who was involved, it was shot very well. It was well acted. It's just so confusing of the the makeup of it all together. So um, seven point three. I know it, it did win the Oscar. It did not. It won an Oscar for for best, for best music. music. Not 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 much other nominations. But like you uh-huh. said, it, it is well directed despite yeah. it, and it's the same director as uh, The Revenant and Birdman. Wow, really? So yeah, and and I know that Kate Blanchett only did this movie to work with that director uh-huh. because she is la- lying on the ground the entire movie, and she saw that in the script and was like. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll still do it. I guess I'll do this. Yeah, yeah. just to work with this guy. So uh, didn't Brad Pitt do something similar like that too? I thought you were telling me. Um, I thought this was a director that Brad Pitt. Oh, gave like, up yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. So Brad Pitt had a major role in The Departed, and he gave that up to do Babel. So keep this, that keep yeah. that in mind when I mean, watching it, because yeah. uh, obviously different different outcomes for both films. But uh, th- this film has some esteem for a reason. Like there's yeah. some good moments and stuff it just generally missed the mark and i think most people can agree on that right on yeah but yeah shout out to that director i didn't know he did revenant and um birdman yeah and a handful of others we'll have to dive into him another time absolutely okay so moving on uh you know babel 2 was like a foreign film and then we hit a second foreign film Mm -hmm. which was roma the netflix special um it wasn't really a netflix special but it was released on netflix because the director thought it would reach a wider audience than just putting out in select theaters. And he was absolutely right. And I'm really happy he went that direction because Roma to me was very artful, but you know, it had a really good story to it. Something that I could follow. Sometimes, you know, it could be a little tricky to pick up on some things. Um, especially if you miss some subtitles, but that is the, the trade of foreign films in America. But, um, really good story it's based off the the life of the director's maid um when he was growing up there was a i would say a relatively big family household where the husband um runs off with his mistress and the wife decides like you know going through a breakdown needs to get away and then um she takes uh her pregnant maid who just found out that she was pregnant and she's going through a man who like the the man who got her pregnant um he runs away he's a fucking weirdo i mean he's being mind controlled too yeah that's right he was just yeah this was based off of like a true event where this man which um i believe this movie was also recommended this was by aiden yes um and aiden did mention that this scene or like um when they were like running in the streets or like there's a revolution in the street it was based off a real event where these guys were pretend or were being trained to do martial arts, and then the instructor was really trying to get them to do whatever bidding that he wanted them to do. And so um, I thought that was very interesting as well. Like overall, um, this was a, just a very artful movie. A, lo- a lot of artful scenes. I think it was shot really well. I love that it was in black and white the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's something that you know some people try and pick up that I don't think it really sticks as well in other movies, but I think it really stuck well with this movie. Um, I'm definitely going to give this one a 8.2, and I do recommend this to a lot of people. There's a lot of very um, intense scenes. Uh, there's a scene where they show the, the pregnant woman. She lose, 
she gives birth to a dead baby and they show the process of that that's very unique and then you don't see it a lot and you know you, you kind of want to feel like you really feel it you know like yeah. there, there's no music in the background mm-hmm. it's, it's just the woman sitting on the table um her like trying to like pay attention to like what's happening with her own body while also trying to pay attention to what's happening with the baby's body mm-hmm. and it, it just it just gripes you in, you know? Like, those were real doctors. Real doctors, yeah. I, I read they did not hire actors for that scene. They had doctors and told them to go through that process as they normally would. Which is crazy. It's chilling. They, they were so calm with mm-hmm. it. And, you know, like, you know, like, these doctors are human beings, so they're not really, like, calm. But mm-hmm. they felt very calm, and it's like, this is probably what a doctor actually would have to go exactly. through. So I, I was very pleased with that sort of um, scene that was given to to us. Um, I can't recommend this for everybody just because, like, it, it's one of those movies you have to be in the right mood for. Um, know your audience on this one. Don't tell, like, your, um, you know, your friend who had a miscarriage to watch this movie or, like, <laughs> someone who's going or maybe through, like, do. A, maybe she'll find solace in it. You, you, think never, so? you never know. That's you true. Know. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. Maybe you're right. But I'm, I'm going to be walking on eggshells on, on that one. So uh, definitely, definitely still a good film. Just uh, you know, I I'd say be careful who to watch, who to watch it with. Uh, and you you gave it an eight point two eight two. Yeah. So Roma won best director, best foreign film, and best cinematography. I know it was nominated for several others. It is a beautiful artsy look at an individual's life. Like Delaney said, yeah. it is following a maid who is with the family, and it shows the dynamics of being seemingly a part of the family but also still being employed by them too there are some things that she shares with them on an intimate family level but at the same time her ultimate callback is the fact that this is her job and life is inflicted on this character rather than her actions onto life she never put herself in a a blame situation Mm -hmm. she woke up every day doing her work and loving life to you know nothing over the top and yeah. and and things inflicted on her a miscarriage a shitty situation with the household and tragedy strikes anyway and i really enjoyed this movie i think i need to rewatch because i didn't feel very immersed especially in the beginning i i was it, it took a while until like some of the heavier scenes for me to really be drawn in and and care about the situation because just with the husband leaving for a mistress or whatever i I still didn't care that much about this this family Mm -hmm. and i was waiting for to learn more and more about the maid but it was a little bit more calm approach than what i was expecting i suppose but again it was was beautiful there was a really weird scene in the beginning too where they i feel like they just kind of threw it in there where um the the house the family's house the yard got put on fire mm-hmm. and then they just shows like the man scene. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and it, so it, it made it not, it made me not care about it. Like at that point. Yeah. There yeah. was a couple scenes like that early on that I guess it just, it was a little bit slower for me to, to fully engage than I, I was hoping for. And this is going to be a flat 8.0 for me, but again, I'm going to rewatch. I'm going to formulate my opinion on this further but yes this is going to be a 8.0 
Okay, and to wrap us up for week two was Cabin in the Woods. And this one I've been hearing about for years, recommended by dozens oh, yeah. of different people as a cornerstone in the Hollywood or the horror genre. However, I would not call this movie a horror movie. Not one bit. It's it has um, the horror tropes inserted into it, but that's because it's using a meta look at the horror genre and taking a literal a third perspective. They literally do that in the movie, and that's also the the objective was to zoom out and be like, this is what's kind of trendy in horror. This is what you usually expect from it, and so we're going to give you a fresh perspective on it. But it's not scary because they do that. Because they zoom out, because they give you mm-hmm. the uh, outside perspective of the lab studying different horror events around the world that contribute to a greater cause, which is an awesome concept. I thought that was really cool uh however because it was in between the the horror and some sort of uh meta drama thing and kind of silly at times which i enjoyed too i I thought all the comic relief was was great but i mean that's not gonna keep me uh invested enough to be uh scared or gripped necessarily it actually takes you out sometimes so it's a good light watch um so I guess what I'm saying, the balance was kind of off. It was in, very in some, off. some way. Yeah. So, so n- not much more to say about that for me. This is going to be a six point nine. Doesn't cross this the seven plane. I, I think I'm going to keep it in a high six. So yeah, six point nine. So I think maybe because I was expecting a very horror type film, that I'm going to rate it so low because, in the, and this is you know purely biased off of my disappointment in what I thought I was going to get compared to what was given to me. The poster for it, too, is a very scary style looking poster. Really well done. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. Yeah, we're going to be into some shit. Yeah. And then, you know, it starts off with fucking Chris Hemsworth. I'm like, god damn, dude, Thor? What is he going to do in this shit, you know? Like, he's not really a serious kind of guy. Like, yeah, especially, and he's playing the uh, high school sweetheart boyfriend. Jock. Yeah. Whatever, which is fine, too. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Absolutely. I still think we're going to be scared and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, that would be interesting, too, because if he is such a lovable character in other films, and I know this one came out in, like, 2011, which I think was before he was really established as, like, Thor or, you know, other films that he might have been in. I don't fucking know his movies. But, uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see him being taken down because it's kind of like I do have this, like, uh, like, lo- like kind of, like, little love for him, and, I like, he's always playful and joyful, and so it's just like, damn, this guy gets killed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a heart-wrenching moment. Yeah, you're like, yeah, he hasn't even taken his shirt off yet. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at, at some point throughout the movie, I was like, fucking kill this guy. Uh, yeah. Th- there's that weird stoner character um, who was pointing out that, you know, he was too buff, and so uh, they try layering him up, and you can kind of see in his movements, you know, like... Yeah, he looks very big, and, like, his shoulders are really broad, but he looks like he's hunched over, which isn't... It, it just looked weird to me. It, it threw me off. Uh, I didn't mind it, because he's already a goofy character and doing weird shit. I could care less if sense. he's scrawny or not. He just is a weirdo, and I just, he's one of the best characters in the movie. He me. didn't need to be scrawny, but just, like, if he's going to be buff, let him look buff, you know? Just, yeah. like, kind of, like, trying to morph him into looking scrawny, mm-hmm. even though, like, you could still clearly see he's buff. It's just kind of, like... yeah. 
But you got you got to be careful with that. Also, with your your disappointment in this movie, you still have to be able to. I need to be objective for it. And, you yeah, know, but like be not not let the disappointment guide your uh, experience. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of it's just more of a letdown for me. I yeah. like I just you know you can't. Call, it, you it can't wasn't call good it enough a, to override that disappointment. Yeah. Either so I, I do feel that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it, it it claims to be a horror movie. I can't fucking justify saying that at all. Um, there's a lot of comedic scenes in it, a lot of comedic takes. Um, it did have like those horror tropes we were talking about. Um, I did also like the fact that they did try and do like a um, meta type of thing with a break the fourth wall kind of deal. But I didn't care for the story in itself as well, where it, it just it was too far out there and I was rooting for these guys to be killed, which I don't really care to do in like a good movie. So for me, I'm just definitely rating this like a 5.1, and you know I, I was I was gonna rate it lower, but you know I'm I'm trying to be as objective as Jesus. I can. But I just did not like this movie. You're gonna have your head. I know this ha- movie has a cult following. Yeah. I know lots of people who have seen this movie like dozens of times. So Tusk they're, was they're gonna be they're gonna be protesting our co- our co- apartment. Come come at me, bro. Fucking. <laughs> No, like Tusk was a scarier movie uh, than this one. Um, you know, if if you guys ever seen like Requiem for a Dream, that one fucking sh- I shot myself. Yeah. yeah. So, so I it's, it's just like Candyman. That was the scariest fucking movie so I've seen. I, that's in, like, the thing. Like, two you you got to take it out the horror genre, and that's why I think I give it a higher rating. It's because I, I immediately removed it from mm-hmm. the horror genre in, in my perspective because it doesn't fit that at all. So. I think once you're able to do that and not compare it to things like uh, Candyman uh, and other I, horror I, movies, because it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be compared, be compared to, that, to so. other meta Hollywood movies. Mm. Because it does do some really cool clashing of, of horror ideas at the end. And if you are, if you've been in the horror genre a long time, you can, um, it makes sense and, and it kind of, you, you feel it a little bit. But. I, I, I get your sentiment and yeah mm. um, Cabin in the Woods maybe rewatch sometime and I think some of the people that like it so much are our age and probably watched it around high school and it seems like a really fun movie to watch with a group of friends in high school I mean I, we, I'll watch it with a group of friends now but I mean we did kind of yeah but I'm but, saying that age yeah and, and just, you know there's a reason why a lot of people kind of hold it uh, in an endearing fashion I feel like it's just like so it I it, it, Definitely deserves a higher score than I gave it, but you know what? It to me, it's like a um, Blaze of Glory type of fucking movie. That's that's what I would compare it to. Uh, that's just how I fucking see it. So I I can't. Hey, I just can't with it. Fair enough. Some sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um. Definitely a disappointment for me mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Well, that wraps up week two. Let's go ahead and give our movies of the week. Thelonious, you let's fucking go. You uh, uh, lead us off here. Alright. Um, the movie of the week, to me, I think it has to be Roma. You know, I was thinking about it a lot. I probably would have said Shawshank or Goodfellas. Goodfellas is ultimately one of my top movies. Um, Shawshank really fucking gave me a good story. But I think Roma just kind of pulled me in um, a little bit more. Uh, I was that fly on the wall for this movie. Um, I was very intrigued to watch it, um, like all of it. Uh, you know, I, I would definitely watch it again. I don't, like I said in the movie, I, or like during my review of it, but I probably wouldn't recommend it to everybody, at least not right off the bat. But um, it, it was just 
beautifully done, um, artsy, uh, good dialogue. I like the characters a lot. I really love the maid. Um, and like at the ending scene where she like broke down in the water and kind of like washed everything away, um, kind of came back as you know the continued like family member, but was not really a family member kind of deal. You know, it like life resumed. And I think that's something that everyone should see, like, right, life resumes. So uh, this is my movie of the week. So mine was Goodfellas. I think it might have been Shawshank if I hadn't seen it so many times. But since it was a novel experience for me watching Goodfellas, it was fantastic. I mean, the acting is covered around the board mm -hmm. in, in that movie. And I think this is one of those movies I could see the rating uh, my rating of it going up over time as say I watch it again in the next couple of years uh, because ratings are perspective and perspective changes over time and this is one of those movies that the characters are so likable and are so well done that it will hold up it has mm -hmm. held the test of time yeah. and, and will continue to do so and I think it was just such a enjoyable look at the communications of the, this mob family and it felt really authentic, and mm. that's because Scorsese grew up in the in this uh, literally in the same uh, little Italy uh, area. So, uh, yeah, for that reason, Goodfellas is my movie of the week. Mm -hmm. I, I love Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas was fantastic. Mm. Okay, well that concludes week two. To give a roadmap of week three, our um, seven movies will be. Reservoir Dogs, Man on the Moon, Black Swan, I Love You, Philip Morris, Brothers, Moonlight, and Annihilation in that order. And uh, should we give a preview of week four so in case people want to? Yeah, let's. In that? Yeah, just just yeah. to catch up. So you, so if you want to follow along and compare uh, reviews and give us feedback on how you guys felt about the movies. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, week four, we've got Beasts of No Nation, The Science of Sleep, Magnolia, Magnolia Ed Wood, mm -hmm. Raging Bull, um, Good Time, which was uh, recommended to us as well, and It Man. And this is a very interesting week because we haven't seen a single one of these movies. Week four is going to be great, so please join us for that one as each one will be a novel experience and let us know what you guys think. Until next time. Yes, sir. Signing off.